0: Did he? Did he really? Did he really say that? Really? What did he say? Oh my god, Malia, he did not say that. I really think he did. Did he say that? Why did he say that? What did he say? What did he say? He didn't say that, did he? Did he actually say that? He did, actually. He totally called that. Did he actually say that? Uh, did he say it? Yes. He did? He really did? Mm Mm-hmm. Of course he did. Really? Oh. Did he really say that? Hey, youth. How you doing? You well? All right. Hey, I want to get into the word and get you into cruise. but a few quick things. Number one. New to youth party next week. Hello. Uh, if you were new in the month of March, this is for you. Up on the balcony, we got free Chick-fil-A. You're going to spin the wheel. And if you brought somebody in the month of March, meaning you brought a friend who was new to youth, you can come hang out, hang up, hang up, hang out also at the new to youth party. party. And obviously, uh, tomorrow, the podcast comes out. So I'm super excited about that. It's going to be fantastic. All right, here you go. You ready? Last part of our series, did he really looking at things that Jesus really said? And uh, next week we're going to start a new series called Confronting Compromise. But let's finish off this series. Matthew 16 verse 21 through 27, this is after Peter realizes who Jesus is, that Jesus is the Messiah. Verse 21, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many, hands at, m- many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord! He said, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus turned, or or Peter took him aside and rebuked him and said, never, Lord, this should never happen to you. Verse 23, Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me and you don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will, be re- re- he will reward each person according to what they have done. I want to title this short time that we have together, Sneaky Stumbling, Sneaky Stumbling. Let me pray for you. Father, we're grateful for the short time we have together. We're grateful for your word. We're grateful for Jesus. We pray that in this time we would look to you, God, that we would fix our eyes on you as students go into cruise tonight. We pray that walls would come down and that we would look to you, God, for encouragement, for hope. God, would just speak to us. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' name. Everybody said, everybody said, Amen. November 2011. November 2011. I was like a a, a brand new Christian. Just freshly saved. I met Jesus and I, I, I wanted to learn his word. And so I went to, that wasn't really a time to clap, but okay. I guess you can clap for that. Anyway. I went to a crew or a Bible study, They weren't crews at the time, it was like a Bible study, and we sat down, and I had so many questions. I was opening scripture, reading the Bible, and just, you guys read your Bible? Okay, cool. When you read your Bible, oftentimes you'll have questions, like you'll read scripture, you'll read a verse, you'll read a passage of scripture or a whole book, and you'll be like, hold up wait a second, I have some questions. And so I was reading scripture, I was at this Bible study, and then also just being freshly saved, like just meeting Jesus, like I've been living a certain way for a certain amount of time, and I was like, stop, stop stopped doing some things, and I started doing other things, but I was trying to stop some things, and so I was I was dealing with that and working through that, and and I was kind of struggling a little bit, but but I just loved Jesus, and I was passionate about him and his word, and so I was sitting in this Bible study, and I forget how this came up, but the, the idea of language came up, and before I met Jesus, I cussed a little bit, just a, a little bit, well, a lot of it and i was working through that like just being i can be honest with you at youth here let me be honest with you i was i was struggling with that because i spoke a certain way and when jesus met me i knew that the word said hey your language the way that you speak needs to change and so i was working through that and i remember being in this bible study and uh, and and it came up and i was with a group of guys maybe about five or ten of us and I remember it so vividly and we were in in, in, in my living room and w- when it came up the issue of language and, and that I was kind of maybe struggling with it still and I remember this person saying to me basically like you shouldn't be speaking like that and I remember I was already kind of feeling bad about it and I just felt worse. Sitting in a crew, Following Jesus, like not hanging out with my friends who I was hanging out with anymore with this new group, the people that were kind of like on my team, followers of Jesus, making me feel a little worse. Feeling even more down on myself, feeling even more condemned. And I remember thinking, wait a second, like these are supposed to be my people. This is like my team now. These are this is my community and my friends. I left all that partying. I left, you know, uh, that that language and that lifestyle and and living my own way and doing what I wanted. And now this is my community, and I'm feeling worse. And I'm feeling worse. Like the people that are supposed to be encouraging me, lifting me up, praying for me, are I feel condemned. See, like I could deal with people who didn't follow Jesus making fun of me at school. I'll just be honest with you, that wasn't a problem for me. Like I knew what Jesus did for me, I knew that he loved me and he died for me and three days later he was raised back to life, that he gave me a hope and a purpose and, and the scripture was just speaking to me and so like if, if somebody in my world was making fun of me or, or saying mean things to me, like that was okay. And I'm not to say like people who aren't Christians can't be a stumbling block for you. Like that's real, I know for many of you, you have friends in your world who they're like, hey, let's go to this party, hey, let's go drinking, hey, let's go out and do this, hey, let's say this, let's gossip, let's slander, like just real practical things and you're like, wait, I don't live that way anymore but you can see that stumbling block. It's pretty, it's right there, like wait, I know, I don't know a lot about scripture but I know that I'm called to live holy, that I'm not called to gossip, I'm not called to slander, I'm not called to party anymore or sleep around. Like I know that, I know like what scripture's saying, like I'm meant to live a holy, pleasing life to God. Jay, pop up here real quick. So like what happens is, is when I say yes to Jesus, I become part of the community, the community of Christians, the people who, who love God, who worship Jesus, who read scripture, they go to church on Sunday. These are my people. You are a part, your heritage of the people of God is so vast and so incredible that I often think we miss it. Like the people we read about in scripture, going all the way back to Abraham. That's my people. Christians are my people. And so what happens is, is like, you know, I got my team here and, uh, And Jay, he's on the other team. He's rocking, oh, what's up? (laughs) And he's rocking the other team's jersey. And so when he's here and Jay's saying stuff and he's like, ah, yeah, yeah, what's up, you know? Like, you ain't even cool anymore. Like, yeah, yeah, Knicks aren't even good. (laughs) They're not even going to make the playoffs, huh? Yeah, no smoke, dude. You know, know, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. And so I can deal with that. That's something that's got kind of in front of me that I can see because I know what I'm a part of now. I know I'm a part of the community of faith. I know I'm a Christian. I know that I live by the word of God and he doesn't. He's not with me. Not. And so when he's saying stuff and he's insulting me and he's making fun of me, I can go, hey, you know what? I'm blessed because I'm persecuted. Hey, I wanna, I'm not fighting against him. I'm fighting for him. I want him to see Jesus. I want him to know the goodness of God. This grace that grabbed the hold of my heart, I want him to know. And so he's slandering me and he's throwing stones at me and he's doing all these things to me and he's making me feel kind of like, I don't know about this. I can kind of see that for what it is as man, I can stumble over this, but I know it's there. I'm not gonna go, I'm not not gonna attack him. I'm gonna pray for him. I'm gonna bless him. I'm I'm gonna be there so that he can know the goodness of God. But what happens, what's a sneaky stumble, is that when it's on my team. What happens when I think that it's the person who I'm in community with, that I do life with, starts making me feel worse about myself. Man, I left this life over here I'm not doing this, living this way. I know God has called me to live a holy, pleasing life unto him. And so these people, they're, they're a stumbling block for me and they're living their certain way. And so I'm over here, I need community. We're meant to do life in community, but my community is making me stumble. What, who I thought was on my team when I'm running my race is now in my way. Oh, well, this doesn't make any sense. So we we're supposed to be brothers and sisters in Christ. And this is sneaky. And the enemy will use this to stumble, cause you to stumble. That's sneaky because he's supposed to be on my team. Give it up for Jay. Great job, Jay. Listen to what Romans 14, 13 says. This says, therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind to, put, to not put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or a sister. Listen to what Paul is saying there. He's not saying, hey, the world, the Roman government, people don't know Jesus, You know all those people that are coming after you and persecuting you. He's saying, hey, watch out for the stumbling block with your brother and your sister. The Christian, the believer, the follower of Christ. Two quick things for you, just to watch for you. That could be a sneaky stumbling that you can be and in, in others. Number one, let me just give them to you both. Comparison and competition. Comparison and competition. competition what you start to do is you start looking to your right and your left and you you, it's, it's almost like when you look at somebody's social media page you see the best and they hide the rest and that happens in christianity where you're seeing somebody and they're worshiping jesus and they're loving jesus and they're not doing what you're doing and so you start comparing yourself to everybody else and you're feeling less than and listen that is not the way that a believer should live You live reflective of God, not others. You're not meant to run somebody else's race, you're meant to run your race. And so what what happens, is so much in our day with social media where you're just scrolling and you're looking at everybody else, and inadvertently, even if you're not meaning to, you start comparing yourself, your life, the way you're living to somebody else's, and it robs your joy, it robs your peace, because you're not thinking about where God has taken you from, you're just looking at their life. And instead of saying, "Man, praise God. Man, I'm not where I, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I was." And God has worked and moved in my life, and you start just comparing it. But oh well, look where they're at, and look where they're at, and like you start judging people's hearts and their motives. And I said, like, "What are you doing?" You keep looking at everybody else in your world and going, oh, I'm not as good as, oh, I'm, not, I'm not as far as long as they are. And then, man, they just know so many scripture. And it's like, no, that is not how God has called you to live, with your eyes fixed on others, but fixed on him. Because God has graced you. God has blessed you. God has put his mercy and his hand of favor on you. And everybody else is given, uh, you know, a different, uh, unique anointing in this life. You run in yours because you're dishonoring the one who's given you that grace. Second thing is competition. And this is where it gets real weird. Then it gets real bizarre when Christians start competing with each other. And it's like, oh, how much can you serve? How much can you give? How, how much? How many friends can you invite? And it becomes about like, oh, like put, you know, getting your chest out and your chin up, and you're like, oh well, look at me, look how great I've done. And it's like almost like I, I want to win, and it's like wh- win what? You're not winning anything because you already won in Christ. But we turn Christianity into every other religion where it's like do, 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 and then I get, no, no, no. We've gotten, we've won all of us together with Jesus on the cross. And so we don't need to compete anymore because Christ already won it for us. And so we, we, I'm telling you, it is such, it will rob you, it will rob you of your joy it will rob you for what God has for you. When you're just like, you're comparing with everybody else and you feel like you're competing with everybody else, it's a sneaky stumbling block because you're doing all the right things but with the wrong motives. It's funny because it's kind of flipped of what Peter's doing here. Peter's he's doing the wrong thing with the right motives. <laughs> You ever think about that? Like, Peter's just going, hey, this is my guy. This is my savior. Like, I, I can't really fault Peter here. He's like, no, this is my king and my savior. Like, I'm serving him. I'm following you. And you're saying that, I, I'm, no. I'm serving you, no. And, and Jesus' response is, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. Listen to this part. You don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. So what happens when you start comparing, what happens when you start competing with each other is that you don't have in, th- in mind the things of God. You now have in mind the things of humans, earthly, temporary, not eternal. It's funny how it can sneak in though. What, what's so scary with this and why it's so sne- sneaky is that the Christian label is slapped on it. You got Bible verses slapped on it. You got youth slapped on it. You got true north slapped on it. You go, oh no, but I'm doing all these things. But you're not doing it unto God. Can I just encourage you, there is such freedom when it's not about everybody else. It's not about competing. It's not about comparison. It's about Jesus. But the enemy will do that. The enemy, he'll be sneaky with you. He'll try to trip you up any way that he can listen the enemy loves to use your past he loves to bring up your past he loves to bring bring up your present where you're at now but ultimately what he's after is your future and so he's going to use everything he can and so what's in front of you he's going to cause you to stumble What's in front of you, he's going, hey, I got all these things from the past, all the things from the present, and it, the, you're, you're running your race, and so what's, what's in front of you, I'm gonna use to stumble. And what do you do? You have to get it behind you. I love what what Jesus says here. He says, get behind me, because I have a destination that I'm going. I have a calling on my life. I have something to fulfill that God has put on me. Can I encourage you tonight that God has put something unique and special on your life? You may feel like you don't have a purpose. You may feel like you're just existing. You might feel like, man, I'm just going through the motions or I'm just having fun or I just wanna do high school. I just wanna do middle school. But can I tell you there is something eternal on your life and the enemy will use anything in front of you to cause you to stumble. But you have to say, no, you know, it's gonna get behind me. Because my eyes are going my eyes are going to be fixed on Jesus, Hebrews 12. Verse one it says, "Therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Verse two, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of, of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider it him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And even Jesus, obstacles in front of him, stumbling blocks ahead of him, but he had his eyes fixed on what God had for him. Don't allow things to cause you to stumble. Because God has a purpose for you. God has a plan for you. That like God has a calling on your life. So don't look to the right. Don't look to the left. Don't look for comparison. Don't look at competition. You're following Jesus. That's what it's about. It's always only about Jesus. Don't allow Christianity to become something weird where it's a competition with the people around you, with the people in your crew. Don't allow comparison to creep into your heart to go, oh my gosh, I'm not as good as them or I don't have it all together like they do or even worse, I'm better than them. And allow pride to creep in. Just have your eyes fixed on Jesus. Have your eyes fixed on Jesus and encourage those around you to do the same. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for every person within the sound of my voice. God, I pray that we wouldn't be stumped. We wouldn't stumble. We wouldn't stumble with jealousy, with competition, with comparison. God, we would just solely fix our eyes on you. God, I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for every single person in this room. God, I pray a blessing and an anointing on them. God, would you work and move? Would you remind them of the eternal calling that you've put on their life? with every head bowed, eye closed. Maybe you're in here tonight, you don't know Jesus. You've never made a decision to make Him Lord and Savior of your life. There is no better decision than saying yes to Jesus. The Bible says for it is by grace through faith. Grace is unmerited or favor. You can't earn it. You don't deserve us. Deserve it, you just come just as you are. Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. It's that simple, it's that easy. You're going, you know what, I've messed up, I've made mistakes, I want to accept this free gift of salvation. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came so that you would know him. He came for your sin, for your mess up, for your wrongdoing, so you could be in a right standing with him. And it's that simple going, you know what, I don't want to follow after what I have. I want to follow after what he has for me. I want to trust him with my life. If that's you, why don't you just slip up your hand right where you are. Do you want to make that decision? It's going to wait a few moments here. If that's you tonight. You want to make that decision to say yes to Jesus. Say a hand down there. That's great. Amen. Want to repeat this prayer after me, everyone together. Say, Jesus, here I am. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need your forgiveness. I want to follow you all the days of my life. I'm now a Christian. Christ now lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let's clap. Hey, if you said that prayer, tell your crew leader. Tell your crew leader you you said that prayer, you made that decision, get a Bible from them. But go ahead, let's break into crews. Find your crew leader. I love you guys. Be blessed. Hey Church, True North Youth is happening on Wednesday nights right here at our Mulaka Hill campus at 7 o'clock. It's from 7 to 8.30, and we really wanna cultivate an environment of just relationships and encouragement right here at Youth. So no matter where your student finds themselves during the week, whether they have a, a good week at school or a bad week at school where they're struggling in sports or wherever they may find themselves, they can come in on a Wednesday night and experience some encouragement, some hope, some peace that they can come in during praise and worship and have a God encounter. And we really believe that when they come into Youth on a Wednesday night, they're going to leave change, empowered, and encouraged. So we would love to host your students here at Youth seven o'clock right here at our Malachi Hill campus. We would love to see them out.